Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. Today on the Smart Home Show, talking smart walks and $10 million with Phil Dumas of Unikey. Hey everyone, this is Mike Wolf with the Smart Home Show. Today's conversation is with Phil Dumas, who's back for the second time on the Smart Home Show. He's the first ever guest we had on the show, and I'm glad to have him back. And the reason he's back is he actually uh, has a little announcement. He actually raised a bunch of money for Unikey. They raised a $10 million round in their Series A round, and just kind of goes to show you that the smart walk space uh, is heating up. This is after August, raised a bunch of money in the uh, within the last month or so. So, man, we're certainly seeing a lot of momentum in this space. Uh, two companies raising some significant money. Uh, Unikey is a little bit different in terms of their approach compared to other smart walk companies. As we talk about in the podcast, they are a licensing company. They have uh, the technology that they license to the likes of Quickset and others. And they aren't making hardware, which is different than the other smartwalk players in the space. So if you're at all interested in the smartwalk market, the dynamics and the history of Unikey and their model, this is a good one. This is uh, being published on the day of the news, on the morning of the announcement. I had a chance to talk with Phil a couple of days ago, and this was recorded. So if you want to get all caught up on what's going on with them and in the smartwalk space, this is a great one to listen to. But first, before we get started, today's sponsor is Control 4. They have an interesting event called the Smart Living Experience, a live webcast that you can register for coming up on April 22nd at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, where they'll be connecting both dealers and customers to demonstrate life in a smart home, and they'll be demonstrate the benefits of coordinating lights, comfort, and technology together. Come see all the latest in Control 4, both software and hardware, specifically comfort solutions, touchscreens, video, intercom, multi-room audio, new remote, and multi-room video. If you are interested in this event on April 22nd at 7 p.m., you can register for it now at control4.co, that's C-T-R-L-4.co backslash live smart. Again, C-T-R-L-4.co backslash live smart. You can register for it. They also have a video archive of it for afterwards as well. So go ahead and check it out. I'm sure this will be great if you want to understand what these guys are doing and kind of just generally what's happening on the cutting edge of the smart home. I suggest you check it out. I'll also have the link in the show notes as well as technology.fm if you want to find it there. All right, folks, that's it. Now my conversation with Phil Dumas of Unikey. Phil, you you may not know this, but you were, like, I think, the first guest on the first ever Smart Home Show. Oh, wow. Excellent. Yeah, to be a guest on the Smart Home Show twice, you have to raise $10 million or more. So you you just passed that, thr- okay. pass that threshold. Okay, we set that bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. excellent. <laughs> yeah, so I'm excited to have you. You guys uh, just announced your Series A round. We're recording this a couple of days before, um, and th- this will go out when you guys announce your news. But I just want to catch up on you know what, what the deal is and talk a little bit about the, how the market's changed a little bit, smart locks, et cetera. And just go from that from there, but why don't you first kind of share the news around uh, the funding round? Yeah, so you know, Unikey went out, and we wanted to be really strategic about this round. You know, we just didn't want to go out and and you know raise a traditional round of VC. I mean, you know, we we're lucky to be in a position where 
we, we kind of created this whole smart lock movement. So we had a, a, a tremendous amount of interest from the traditional venture capital community. And, and although we did let some traditional VCs in this round, it was more important for us to bring in strategic investors to, you know, help, help grow our business, you know, globally. Um, so, uh, you know, asset, man- asset management ventures led the round, but we have, you know, parties like CBRE, um, you know, Haas Portman, uh, which is huge in the multifamily, um, the Broadway Angels, which is just super strategic, and uh, several high net worth angels in the European and Asia markets um, as well. So, you know, not just about purely a capital round, but, you know, really around the strategic um, component of it to help us scale our model, which is, uh, um, you know, quite different than the traditional model. I mean, we're we're a technology licensor and, uh, you know, you can think of us as like the, the Google Android model. So, you know, we provide hardware designs, uh, you know, to, to our partners and then we license them our software. So it's a little bit different. Um, but it, it, it also puts our, puts our investors capital to use in a highly efficient and scalable way. You know, you, you don't suffer from those old issues like victim of your own success, you know, to build a door lock. Uh, and the residential industry may cost anywhere from fifty to a hundred dollars, but for Unikey, it costs us nothing because our partners build it, um, and they're really good at that. As a matter of fact, um, you know, they, we don't have to learn how to do it. They've already been doing it for, you know, ten, twenty, or in some cases over a hundred years. So it's a highly scalable and efficient model, and and that's why we decided to go the strategic route because it would just it really create that win-win-win. Yeah, and the most obvious example um, is the the Quickset agreement you guys have, where they're the, your residential partner for North America, and they're building around and creating the, the Kivo brand in partnership with you. And so you guys really are kind of going down a different path, going down the licensing route. It is, and you put point out in the press release that it's a capital efficient model. Uh, so the, it, it it is a drastically different uh, different approach. One of the, one of the things that I've always said is it's very hard to build a consumer product. It's, it's, it's where a lot of companies go to die essentially and big companies trying to create new categories. Um, it's, it's extremely hard to do. Yeah. You know, when I started Unikey in 2010, you know, we were talking about smart locks and nobody really understood it. And not only did they not understand smart locks, they didn't understand our business model, which was the same back then to license our technology. So they just looked at us as a hardware company. Um, and, Hardware companies in 2010 was frowned upon. It's kind of sexy now, but I think it's going to go through, you know, the evolution of, you know, back to where it was and of not being so sexy, but this hybrid model where there's, you know, I think we're going to set a precedent in the space where if you have something really good, um, you can license that to these large players. I mean, to build a brand and to build manufacturing and inventory and distribution and you know, logistics systems cost a lot. And a lot of these large partners, not only have they done it already, they're extremely good and efficient at it. So why not let them do what they're good at and we do what we're good at? And, you know, there's all sorts of other tangential benefits out of it. You know, the fact that, you know, we have a smaller cost-effective team, but, you know, 95% of us are engineers focused on the technology and the, the user experience as opposed to having, you know, a bunch of sales, marketing, branding, logistics, manufacturing people, you know, we're, we're getting four or five X the economies of scale as far as personnel, personnel is concerned. 
You talked about this cycle that you see happening, and I certainly we've all kind of witnessed the this idea where hardware's back in vogue, largely because of things like Kickstarter and, and crowdfunding. But there's a high failure rate. Um, a lot of products never make it. Um, so, do you think that that ultimately will what be what contributes to possibly the, the the cycle where maybe it's not as sexy and people may take a look at um, okay, let the bigger guys build it and we'll just create the ingredient technology. Well, yeah, and I, you know, the Kickstarter of the world. I think that 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 started moving into the realm and people started saying, oh, hardware is not as hard as it used to be. Um, you know, and the barrier entry has definitely been lowered some, but you know, to really scale that product is still just as hard, if not harder. Um, and to build that brand is still just as hard, if not harder, or just as expensive, if not more expensive. So, you know, I, I think there's this little blip, um, but I think, you know, people are becoming, you know, more in tune with the reality that it's, it's, it's not exactly from a whole perspective to build a hardware or consumer products company as, you know, as easy as it may have looked or appeared to be, um, you know, in, 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 in the recent times. You know, what's attractive about your business, if I'm looking at it from an investor perspective, is you, you know, you've entered with a, obviously a good partner in North America with Quickset, but then also you say, okay, well, let's take our technology and apply it to the hotel market. So we'll partner there. Um, one of the strategic investors uh, that you guys, I don't think you mentioned, was Samsung. And so you partnered with them. Also, and you work with them with their Knox product. So it just, the ability to kind of enter new markets through big strategic partners um, is easier, I think, if you're doing a licensing model rather than building yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, another partner that we didn't mention, they're not an investor, but they're a, a partner in our technology is MIWA. They're our hospitality partner. So they're a major global player in hospitality. And, you know, they're, they're like the, the quick set of the, uh, you know, the hospitality space. So, you know, huge presence, well-known quality products. Um, and, you know, we're just enabling them, uh, you know, with this, you know, this modern access experience of what Uniki does. And, um, you know, through them and, and you mentioned our Samsung partnership, who is an investor, um, you know, they're in everything. I mean, talk about an 800-pound gorilla. I mean, they're in all sorts of awesome things. And, and Knox is just the tip of the iceberg on some of the stuff we're talking about with them. So super, super strategic, you know, really ha happy to have them involved. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to press a little bit more on Samsung and tell me what you can. Obviously, you guys have plans you probably can't talk about, but people are going to notice a Samsung investment, right? Because they're clearly interested in a smart home. They acquired smart things. Um, they have a bunch of different products across everything from white goods um, to TVs to, you know, they do chips. So are you the only access control company they've invested in in terms of IoT and smart home, or are there others? And can you give us any idea what maybe you guys are talking about at a high level? Yeah, I mean, as far as investing in any other access companies, I mean, to my knowledge, we are. Uh, again, they're, they're a pretty large company. Yeah. So, but as far as the space that I'm aware of, you know, in, in the, the modern smart lock space that we, we kind of pioneered ten five years ago in 2010, um, you know, I believe we're, we're the only investment in that space, and, you know, we'd like to keep it that way. Um, you, you know, as far as other plans with them, yeah, it is a little bit confidential, but uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious that they're they're heavy in in the IoT and in the home space. Um, but you know, Unikey really just focuses on access. So obviously, you know, the home has access. But you know, just think about all the keys that you have in your pocket, or, or you know, the women have in their purse, or the pens and passwords that you manage. I mean, that's 
you know, Unikey is an access company and anything you access, um, you know, we want to move that credential into your phone. Talk about the verticals you guys have touched besides, you know, residential. You do have a partner in the hotel space. Um, I believe in our first conversation, you even, you know, talked about, you know, cars and, and automobiles aren't out of the question. You know, I've seen some smart walks focus on, for example, just bikes. Um, are you guys having conversations or anything you could talk about in new verticals outside of residential and, and hospitality? Yeah, I mean, we do have a European residential partner. Um, outside of residential and hospitality, uh, we have some stuff on the radar for commercial property access, um, you know, so small, medium, and large commercial building access. Um, and, and then there's a lot of things that, you know, we haven't, really announced and don't want quite announced it yet, um, you know, in the space. But it, again, going back to the vision of, of kind of replacing all your keys, pens, and passwords is is really the the ultimate vision. And, you know, it's quite a daunting task if you were to have to build the products by yourself. Um, but again, that's where our business model really allows us to attack that that true vision and that, you know, really awesome experience of not having to carry any more keys or, you know, key cards or anything like that. I want to step back a little bit and check in on some things that I think you guys have been, I think, helpful for me at least kind of understand around the progress of certain ingredient technologies. So in particular, Bluetooth and Bluetooth Low Energy, I was watching your Android implementation and, and it took a while. But it, when I finally saw the Android app come out, it told me that um, Android had maybe made some steps forward from a Bluetooth energy, energy perspective. Can you talk about you know how that's evolved? Yeah, so with KitKat, um, Android launched, unfortunately, only central mode. So Bluetooth energy really has two primary roles, um, central and peripheral. Central is kind of the uh, listener mode, so it just listens for things pinging and 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 uh, peripheral mode is the pinging mode it's broadcasting and saying i'm here i'm here i'm here and so in kitkat uh, a few years ago um they they launched the listening mode but uh really lollipop has uh is the beginning of their peripheral mode implementation so i think we were one of the first companies to launch an app with uh you know the peripheral mode enabled for android and actually for iOS, for that matter, uh, many years ago, uh, actually in October of 2010, when we launched Kibo. So, um, you know, that's kind of the cutting edge of Bluetooth is, is peripheral mode, but I think you'll see a lot more uh, devices start to use that technology. Um, I mean, it offers a tremendous amount of benefits, and um, Unikey has been working with BLE since the beginning in 2010. That was really the pinnacle technology that enabled our passive experience, you know, that experience where you can literally just walk up and, you know, touch the door handle, just like the car, you walk up and grab the door handle and it unlocks. Daily enabled that experience. So, you know, that that's really what kicked it off for Unikey and said, hey, we can actually do this and get great battery life and good response times. And, um, you know, so we're, we're a big BLE fan. And it's been interesting to watch because there's been um, uh, some of the Wi-Fi lock guys out there. Obviously, I think the most high-profile one, high one was Lockatron. Actually, did a, a pretty, pretty uh, loud pivot towards BLE, um, and so they're they're coming out <laughs> came out the new Lockatron using BLE. Um, there's been one or two other guys that haven't really shipped because it takes so long. The only real one I think that's had any sort of kind of shipping success is Lockstate um, with with regards to Wi-Fi lock. So you guys, it seems like it made made the right choice, and the market's actually coming around to Bluetooth low energy, um, kind of following what you guys have done as well. Well. 
Yeah, I mean, our guys, I mean, myself personally, I've been in Access for over 10 years. Um, most of our team has been, and, and not just Access, but also, you know, the electronics world and low-power applications. I mean, we looked at putting Wi-Fi in the lock back in 2010 when we were architecting the system, and just because of our industry expertise and low-power expertise, I mean, we immediately ruled it out. Um, unfortunately, a couple people had to make that mistake, and you know, learn that it, it wasn't practical from a power standpoint to implement. But, you know, in the future, there may be other technologies that, that come out that may allow it. But, um, you know, we're fortunate enough to, you know, to be experts in the space and, and, and not make those mistakes. Let's talk a little bit about the, the broader SmartLock market. It, it seems like, um, you know, last year people still weren't quite sure what to make of it, but it seems like it's come around this year. Um, you guys got your Series A. August obviously came out and, and shipped, and they got a, another big investment round. Um, what are you kind of seeing happening in the space? You guys still seem like you're the only ingredient tech licensing model, but what do you see happening more broadly in the space? Yeah, I mean, th- there's a lot of companies, I mean, coming up. I Honestly, I think I hear about a new one every month, and I think it's a good thing and, you know, other people raising money in the space, I think is only going to help with the education standpoint, which is, I think the biggest barrier, you know, people learning about this technology. Um, you know, the mass majority of the world still doesn't know about smart locks. Um, and I think that's going to really start changing this year. You know, last year, well, in 13, when we introduced it, it was, it was an extremely new concept and, 2012, when I went on Shark Tank, it was, I think, the first time anybody's ever heard about it. And that's really what kicked off everybody. Hey, that is a pretty good idea. And they start, you know, trying to develop products. But I think it's really starting to uh, come into life, but it's still in its infancy. I mean, it's very, very early. Um, And I think the biggest, my biggest concern is not competitors or other people raising money. It's, um, you know, somebody coming up with a poor application that, put smart lock technology in a negative light. So if anything, you know, we want the competition to do well. We think there's a lot of room in the space, you know, Unikey and, and Quickset for the residential market in the U.S. and in North America, for that matter, is the market leader. And, you know, everybody's coming after us, and we understand that, but we think the space is growing faster than anybody taking any market share from us, if that makes sense, um, from an overall. So I think there's plenty of room in the space. We just want to make sure people – build great products and, and put smart locks in, in a positive light and, um, you know, don't have any security concerns. I know there was a few uh, that came out with, with August specifically recently. And, you know, unfortunately maybe they had to rush to market. Um, but I would, you know, really urge other companies to make sure they get the security right. Cause that can hurt the whole industry. Um, you know, that internally we view ourselves as a security company. We've taken, security, you know, extremely far. We have it audited by uh, leading third-party white hat and black hat uh, security auditors. And, um, you know, so we've taken a pretty heavy stance and, and QuickSets holds us accountable. And that's another good benefit of our model. You know, they're not going to just put their name on any product. So uh, it's really important in this space from a security standpoint, uh, user experience standpoint, and that will help the market continue to proliferate. But it's still extremely early. Um, but you're going to just continue to see it accelerate. You mentioned you, yourself going on Shark Tank, and that was the first time I heard of you guys. And I, we talked about the story early. I, I actually was a Cuban agreed to, but you guys just couldn't come to terms. 
Um, I think that was the story. Yeah, we we were the only company at the time. I think it may have happened again. I'm not sure. Uh, that got an offer from all five people. We took an offer from um, we took a deal from Kev, Mark Cuban and Kevin O'Leary. Um, and uh, but yeah, after the show, you know, you get the final docs and the terms, and there was there was just too many issues, you know, and, and control provisions that didn't make sense for Unikey in the long term and what we were really trying to build. And, um, you know, for some people that may have worked, uh, for Unikey, it didn't make sense. And, you know, we ultimately passed on the deal and, um, you know, I'll still talk to Mark every once in a while and, you know, he's, he's still a nice guy. Does he ever express, no re- does he ever express regret and not, <laughs> not actually doing the deal? No, I don't think, I don't think Mark would ever express regret about anything, <laughs> to be honest, whether yeah, exactly. he did or not, but no, he certainly doesn't to us. And, uh, um, but you know, uh, I'm still a fan of his and, um, you know, we just passed. It didn't make sense for us and it, it's worked out for the best. Um, so, you know, just the fact that he made an offer was, was awesome. And, you know, showed his interest, and that was basically his endorsement, and we couldn't couldn't have asked for anything. Yeah, it's instant, better than that. It's instant legitimization. But I've I've always kind of viewed like Shark Tank is like the best like ten minute commercial. Um, obviously, you need to get on there, and you you can't make a fool of yourself. But if you can get on there and look, and look good, and even get an offer, it's like literally the best advertising you'll ever get. Yeah, and it just keeps airing. I mean, you know, every once in a while, our our website traffic will just go through the roof and we'll be like, Oh gosh, it must've just re-aired on MSNBC <laughs> or something. And you look at the schedule and it sure did. Uh, I mean, it's re-aired maybe a dozen times now and it's just awesome. It just drives traffic and product sales and it's just the best, you know, 10, 15 minute commercial ever. Well, this has been great to catch up. It's, you guys have come a long way since 2010 and uh, with your, the news is that you got, I think is $10 million. It's your series A. I thought you'd actually taken some money on before from, from some angels, right? Or some sort of money, or is this like, the yeah, we time? called it our seed round. Yeah. We're, okay. we're pretty traditional. So we didn't, we didn't pump the A round too fast. Um, quite frankly, this is kind of considered like a super A. It depends on what area and, and how you look at the market. Some consider it a small A, some consider it a super A. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's for our model, it's a pretty substantial amount of capital that, uh, we can, we can put to work extremely smart, um, you know, in, in, in different categories to expand and, and, you know, proliferate our technology pretty quickly. Hey, well, Phil, thanks for taking time to catch up and uh, tell me what about the news and talk about the market. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, there you go. That's my conversation with Phil. He's a nice guy. I like catching up with Phil. As always, he's good to catch up with. He's smart, and he always helps me to better understand what's going on in the smart walk space. And I hope you, too. I hope you better understand what's going on with them as well as what's going on in the smart walk world. You can find them at unikey.com. You can find more smart home shows at technology.fm or just going to thesmarthomeshow.com. If you want to talk to me on Twitter, tell me about maybe what you think about this episode or maybe ask me about future guests or t- suggest some future guests, just find me on Twitter at Michael Wolf. Uh, I always enjoy having those conversations. All right, folks, that's it. We'll talk to you soon.